Well, it's great to be able to begin this new sermon series looking through the Psalms. And um, the theme of our sermon series is honest to God. The Psalms give us a way of expressing our heart to God in a way that is honoring and worshipful and draws us close to him. And uh, so I'm going to read today's Psalm, Psalm 1 for us. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I wonder if I asked you to think of someone uh, who expresses for you what it means to have a resilient faith. I wonder who you would think of. Uh, For me, when I think of someone whose faith was resilient, that kept going through thick and thin, through difficult times and good times, I think of my gran. Uh, she was born, actually around now, 100 years ago. Uh, she was actually born in what is now the Democratic Republic of Congo to missionary parents. Uh, the first few years of her life were very challenging as uh, she was brought up in first uh, what is now Democratic Republic of Congo and then uh, in the Western Nile district of Arua in Uganda. And as she grew up, uh, she saw her missionary parents uh, very committed to sharing their faith in uh, a place in a country that uh, had never heard of Christianity. Uh, And yet her uh, father got very ill on a number of occasions and eventually they had to uh, move back to England because um, both her and her father, my great-grandfather, got very ill at times. Through her life, uh, she uh, grew up, she met my grandfather, was a vicar's wife, for a time, and again, uh, in three different parishes, uh, being a vicar's wife, supporting um, my grandfather in his ministry, um, ministering to the parish, uh, she experienced the joys and the challenges of living out her faith. When I uh, got to know her better near the end of her life, she was still a woman of prayer. She would regularly write to me uh, encouragements, verses of scripture, and uh, the last time I saw her at her bedside, uh, she was very weak, very frail. I'm hardly awake at all, but just as I um, left and said goodbye, she sat up, she looked me straight in the eye, and she said, we will see each other again in glory. And then she lay down and went back to sleep. My gran was someone who had a resilient faith that lasted a lifetime. And uh, how can we become people like that, whose faith is not just Um, strong for a moment or strong for a season, but then gets blown away in difficult times. How can we have a faith that is resilient and keeps going? The subject of resilience actually is something that is being written on and thought about a lot. Um, A lady called Angela Duckworth has written a book called Grit, and the book Grit looks at this whole issue of resilience. And in a TED talk, Angela Duckworth said, the thing about grit is it's that's the thing, that's the characteristic. If people have grit... Uh, They will keep going through thick and thin. Uh, They will stick at something and they will find success when people who may have more talent than them, may have more um, achievements than them, may be better educated than them. But if they don't have grit, they will give up and they will never achieve their potential. She said grit is what makes the difference between success and failure. And we know it's important, but she said this in the TED Talk, 
we don't really know how to find it and how to grow it, but we know it is important. Of course, passion is one thing. Having a passion and a desire and an enthusiasm takes us so far. But without perseverance, then people quickly lose heart when they reach uh, or they face obstacles and challenges um, and can quickly give up if they don't have that inner resilience to keep going. And I believe that grit, perseverance, comes from rooting our life in something that is bigger than ourselves. It's that our passion is not just for now or for ourselves, but it's, our passion is for something that will last. And as we, um, as Christians understand this, of course, our passion uh, should be something that lasts into eternity, that builds for the kingdom, that will never fade or fall away. And our psalm today, Psalm 1, looks at what it is to be those who plant our lives, root our lives into the things of God, choose to say, we want to be strong, sturdy trees, not just flowers that might sprout up and look beautiful for a time, but then can quickly get blown away. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of Queen. Um, uh, the, some of their early stuff in the 70s was, uh, was great music. And um, Freddie Mercury, in the, probably the most famous Queen song uh, of all, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, said at the end of the song, nothing really matters Anyone can see nothing really matters to me. And Freddie Mercury lived his life like that, a very um, hedonistic life, uh, just pursuing the next high, just living for himself and instant gratification. But it was a life that was uh, very shallow, and eventually it destroyed him. And very near the end of his life, he wrote another song, uh, which had the line, uh, does anybody know what we are living for? Uh, he could pretend at the beginning of his life nothing really matters, but then really deep down, he knew um, he needed to live for something bigger, that something really did matter. Um, he was asking that question, does anybody really know what we're living for? And as people of faith, we can say that as we follow Christ, as we follow the one who died and rose again, uh, who's ascended, who's uh, living in glory, um, and one day we will see him face to face and we will be with him in into eternity, uh, we can say that we have a hope that is sure and certain. Um, as it says in the book of Hebrews, faith is being um, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Um, what is seen is temporary and passes, but what is unseen, what is being built for the kingdom, um, our life in God is deeply rooted. And of course, roots you don't see, but they go down deep. And it's what enables our life to endure through the storms. And, you know, our life has been stormy recently, hasn't it? All of our lives have gone through some storms recently because of uh, the pandemic that's uh, changed all of our lives in almost every area of our lives. Um, we've journeyed through over the last few months, haven't we? Uncertainty, um, a loss of our freedoms, a loss of normality, um, an inability to perhaps see the people we love or to go about our lives in the way we would normally do so. And on top of that, some of us may have already been going through times of difficulty, prayers that we were praying and that we didn't feel were being answered, struggles that we were facing, um, maybe intractable issues that have been going on for a number of years. And uh, we want to cry out to God and say, what is going on? And actually, it's hard to pray, isn't it, when we go through those tough times. We want to be people who are deeply rooted um, and planted into the things of God. But actually, when we go through those tough times and stormy weather, um, it can feel difficult to pray. And the great thing about the Psalms is that they give us this language to pray when life 
is hard. And that's why we're going to be looking at the Psalms over the summer in our sermon series, because they give us a language that is both prayerful, honoring to God, but also honest um, to be able to say what we're really feeling to God. And I think sometimes um, our prayer life can feel very hard in difficult times because we feel we shouldn't really um, say the things we're really feeling because that would be dishonoring or disrespectful to God. I don't know whether you've ever been in a pastorate or a Bible study where people may have said things like, well, I don't think God is listening. Where is God anyway? I think he's abandoned me. I don't think God cares for me. And yet all of those things I've said are lines from the Psalms. Um, They're lines that are articulated prayers in Scripture. And they're given to us in the book of Psalms to enable us to pray the prayers that perhaps we often feel we're unable to pray, or the things we're unable to say. Actually, as Christians, we need to get better at hearing people say those things without thinking we suddenly need to defend or counteract. Of course, uh, the phrase, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? There's plenty in Scripture that tells us that God is always with us. But we need the space to articulate that prayer. Uh, There are verses in the Psalms that say, God, do you not care? Where have you gone? Why are you not listening? Of course, we can find verses in Scripture that tell us that God is always listening, that God does care, uh, that he is there, and he, he will respond to our prayers. But we also need the space to articulate those prayers. And sometimes in church, we can be uh, maybe feel like we don't want people to say those things because we want to correct them too quickly. Uh, it's almost as if we have to stand before God and say, uh, don't worry, God, I'll protect you from these uh, very... Um, challenging uh, phrases that people are using and the questions that people are asking. Of course, God doesn't need us to protect him from these questions. In fact, in the Psalms, he invites us to uh, pray those prayers to him, ask those questions, to be honest with him, but to do so in a way that draws us close to him in worship and praise. Uh, So often the the Psalms end with a declaration of thanksgiving, even though uh, all the verses leading up to it can uh, feel really raw and emotional. Um, So that's why we're going to be looking at the Psalms, because um, using the Psalms to pray and actually um, helping, uh, helping, um, using the Psalms to pray and seeing their language as a way to help us to pray actually enables us to put these deep roots um, down into the things of God. Because that's what Psalm 1 is all about. It's saying, let's be rooted in God, in his word, in his ways, in his people. Let's delight in the things of God because then we will be deeply rooted people. And when the storms come, uh, we will not be blown over. Psalm 1 starts by uh, giving out a blessing, but it starts actually with a contrast. And it says, blessed is the one who does not. So it gives us a way, uh, almost like a choice of the way we want to live. Do you want to live this way? And actually you won't find blessing in this way. Or do you want to live God's way? And uh, Psalm 1 first says, uh, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. And it's almost as if the psalmist is giving us sort of three gradients of what it is to live a rootless um, life that takes us away from God. Um, He talks about sitting in the seat of mockers. And I can think about my university life and um, how it was so easy to just hang around with the wrong crowd. It's so easy just to hang around down at the college bar and just sit and uh, you know, waste time and drink beer. And, just, and the conversations, you just sort of hung around and, and, and spoke about people. And sometimes the conversation would get then very cynical um, or very um, 
critical of other people or you, know, you sort of poke fun at people. And it was like sitting in the seat of mockers. Um, it's very easy to do. Um, it wasn't really a big life choice, but it was just a casual drifting along with the crowd, um, sitting in the seat of mockers. Uh, the verse also talks about standing in the way of sinners. And standing has that sort of impression of perhaps identifying a little bit more strongly, doesn't it? Sort of we often say, well, I'm going to stand with that person, um, or this is what I'm standing for. And it's, it's almost saying, this is who I uh, identify as. Um, and standing uh, in the uh, way of sinners is, is almost saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost identifying myself with a way of life that is contrary to God. Um, perhaps not just the casual drifting into sort of sitting an unhelpful or unhealthy comment, uh, company and, you know, joining in with unhelpful talk. But this is actually a sort of second stage of deciding uh, to choose to walk away from God, to be identified um, as someone who, you know, I, I don't want to live that way any longer. Um, I was speaking to someone a few months ago and, and they said, you know, I, the, the difficult thing about being a Christian is these things I'm not allowed to do. And, you know, I want to go out and get drunk. and I want to swear and I want to just do my own thing. Um, and, yeah, it might be true, but you know, I don't want to live that way. And so it was almost this decision of saying, I want to stand and identify myself uh, in a way that's not going to choose the things of God. And thirdly, um, another way of uh, ident- um, describing this, the psalmist talks about walking in the way of the wicked. And, you know, it's that sense of marching to the beat of the drum of the world, um, choosing the ways and the priorities and the values of the world, and particularly um, a world that will choose um, to be very um, hedonistic, choose for yourself, live for yourself, um, not live for something bigger than yourself, not realizing that life is eternal and we have a soul that needs to be cherished and nurtured, um, to simply allow that world to take us along um, like a stream that uh, pulls us along with its current um, and to walk in step uh, with uh, the ways of the wicked. And the psalmist challenges us, don't choose that way of life. It's rootless, it's groundless. Um, And the psalm actually goes on, uh, you'll be like chaff. You'll just, as soon as the challenges of this life hit, you'll be blown away. Um, you'll be easily knocked uh, because, of course, at its root, um, a life without God. And philosophically, um, atheism has no foundation. It doesn't give us any rock on which to build a life uh, to know where we've come from, why we're here, what's our meaning. Um, is there any deeper meaning to live for? Is there anything beyond death? It gives no answers to those questions. It is a rootless life. And the psalmist tells us if we choose that way, um, you know, it might be fun for a moment, it, we might have some fun evenings, um, but we'll be drifting along and we'll eventually march to the beat of a drum uh, of a life that will be rootless. Instead, we're encouraged, uh, and it says in verse 2, uh, to be ones who delight in the law of the Lord, um, who meditate on the Lord day and night. And, you know, this isn't just about reading the Bible a lot and memorizing a lot of scripture. Of course, when the psalmists were writing, these were the only words of God they had to go on, the law of God. Um, quite dense, quite detailed, saying the things you should do and you shouldn't do uh, to choose to live a life that would flourish in the Old Testament time. But now, of course, uh, we don't just know about the law of the Lord. Uh, we also have the ways of the Lord. We have the songs of the Lord in the Psalms. And of course, we have the lawgiver himself. We have the word of the Lord, Jesus Christ, who's come down. 
Um, and so when the psalmist in its Old Testament uh, time talks about delighting in the law of the Lord, it also means for us as Christians to delight in the lawgiver, to delight in Jesus Christ, to delight in who he is, in worshipping him, in his ways, to get familiar with Jesus. You know, there's that um, famous campaign uh, some years ago uh, to, to wear a bracelet that said, what would Jesus do? And of course, to answer that question, we need to know what did Jesus do? Who was Jesus like? How did Jesus live? Uh, to allow ourselves and our character to grow, to be more like Christ, so we can then choose the things of Christ. Not just to memorize scripture, although that's great. It's great to be able to um, allow the words of scripture and to the, to the, to the um, detail of scripture to form our minds and to help us make good choices. But it's far more than that as Christians. It's delight in the things of God. And to delight means sometimes to take tough choices. And so I'm going to choose to delight in this. You know, if you walk along in nature, to take delight in nature, you have to sort of stop, you have to slow down, you have to pay attention and look um, to enjoy and to take delight in things. And that's what we need to do as Christians, take delight in the things of God. And, you know, maybe that's been difficult um, during lockdown. Um, that's why it's exciting that we can begin to gather again um, as believers in church and we'll only be able to do that in small numbers and so we won't be able to get everyone there together and it might only be once every couple of weeks to begin with but we need to get ourselves back into the habit of meeting together and it might again just be two households at a time or six people in a garden but to encourage each other to spur each other on um, we can do that online we can phone up people for prayer um, we can in the midst of lockdown uh, do that but Actually, we need to choose um, to get back into habits that will enable us to delight in the worship of God and to be part of the people of God. And it's going to be a slow process. It's going to take time. And for some of us, that will be why it's felt like um, a winter season. It's, it will have felt like a, um, a stormy weather in our spiritual life because we haven't had some of the regular patterns that we've been used to in our life. Um, but as we get back into the pattern, let's choose to delight in these things as much as as we can. I have this picture on my wall in my study and it is called Deeply Rooted and it's the picture of a whole tree, uh, the trunk, the branches and the roots if you could see it all at the same time. And the thing you'll notice about the picture is that the roots of the tree go down far deeper than the branches go high. Um, the roots of the tree are so important because without the roots burrowing down, um, finding uh, nourishment for the tree, um, it will not grow. It will not grow a strong trunk, it will not grow strong branches, and will not bear fruit. But of course, the, the roots also hold the tree sturdy in storms. And our psalm tells us that if we become one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night, who choose the things of God, the people of God, the worship of God, then we will be like a tree planted by streams of water. We will have deep roots. But the thing about roots is this. You don't see them. They're not spectacular. They grow slowly and they're unseen. And that reminds me that if I'm going to be someone who roots my life in God, um, a lot of the deep work that God wants to do in me will be unseen. Um, even in winter, uh, the roots are hard at work. So there might be no leaves on the tree. There won't be any fruit on the tree. But the roots are still burrowing deep and creating um, life in the tree and uh, stuff is still happening but you can't see it 
And, you know, it's difficult for us in our fast food, um, fast lane, Instagram, download immediately, microwave world that we live in uh, to, to realize that some of the most important work we do will be unseen. Some of the most important choices we make will be unseen. And the work God does in us is often at the times uh, in winter when it seems like nothing's going on. And maybe you felt that you've been going through wintertime recently. Maybe you've been feeling unfruitful. Uh, maybe you've been a, a parent who usually works, but now you've been having to homeschool. Maybe you've got a business, but it's been pretty much put on ice during lockdown. Maybe you've got passions that you've been unable to pursue or things you'd love to do for God, uh, differences you'd like to make for God, but you've been unable to do it. And you can feel unfruitful. But this deeply rooted picture reminds me uh, that God is still at work um, in us and through us and even um, maybe planting new seeds out of us, even when it seems like nothing's happening. Even in the most unfruitful times, God can be hard at work because if the roots go deep, the, tea, the tree is getting stronger. Um, it will withstand even more storms in the future. And as the roots go deeper, um, the fruit that will come um, is being fed. So the challenge I want to leave us with this morning is this. Where have we rooted our lives? Have we rooted our lives into the things of God? Is that the foundation into which our life is rooted? Um, have we rooted ourselves in his word? Have we rooted ourselves and our lives in wanting to grow more like Christ and to uh, follow him more closely and to get to know him better? Um, are we living rooted lives in the people of God and the worship of God? And if not, do we need to make a choice today uh, to let go of a life without root, um, a life that just drifts along with the ways of the world and to make a decision? I'm going to choose now uh, to recommit uh, into the things of God. I'm going to take delight in the things of God and I'm going to choose to reconnect with the people of God. There's a choice that faces us all because the storms of life will come. We've gone through some stormy seasons uh, recently, but when I think back to my grand's life, um, some of the storms she faced um, growing up, uh, then growing up through the Second World War, um, then being a vicar's wife uh, for 30 or 40 years, um, my life has not faced uh, some of those challenges yet. And we know that in life we will face the stormy seasons. We will face the winter. Um, and the question is, will we have deep roots um, that go into the things of God that sustain us during those times? Um, the problem with all of the things that matter in life, um, love, friendship, parenting, finding lasting fulfillment, they take time. Uh, they don't just take passion. They also take perseverance and grit. But if we can root ourselves in the things of God, um, our life can make a difference that lasts a lifetime, and not just lasts a lifetime, but that can last beyond our lifetime. I'm really only in ministry because of the prayers my grand prayed for me when I was an annoying teenager who didn't want to have anything to do with church. Because scripture tells us that if we live a life rooted in God, that the time will come when the summer comes, uh, when the fruit comes. Um, as the psalmist tells us, we will live a life that yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever we do will prosper. 
Yes, the storms will come, but also the summer will come. The fruit will come. And as Jesus reminds us, if we live a life that is fruitful, we can bear an abundant crop that will be a hundredfold of what was planted in the first place.